Thank you, Janet Lee. Wow. Whoa. Uh, are we ever out in space with those songs? And I just wonder and uh, how many people really know all the words to all those songs you played, because every one of those songs has things about the stars, the universe. Uh, they, they just really go perfectly along with this message. Thank you again for your talented presentation. <clears throat> all right. Hello out there, ladies and gentlemen. So this is the um, Astounding Bible Revelation of the Universe, Part 7. And this is Sunday, August 12th, 2012. And we have uh, a lot of uh, really interesting, interesting things for you today. <clears throat> now, I want you to sort of fasten your hold to your seat, have your seat belt on. And I will say some things today and go through some scripture today. I cannot finish such a subject as this in one broadcast. And the broadcasts that the broadcast that we are doing is a series. And so it's going to take, you know, a good number of these broadcasts to cover all the things that need to be said and to be able to present them in a uh, a way of comprehension uh so that the word is able to set in you and and uh, to to have a latolution within you. So uh, <clears throat> praise be the name of God. Praise be the name of the Heavenly Father. Um, I want to you know just cover a few little things here, but you know we are talking about the great uh, vastness of of the universal heavens, and uh, you know not long ago just a whole lot of this was left out of the. Uh, people's mind because they were all caught up with just uh, what is happening on the earth and that is where also the majority of the people who live on this planet are right now and the majority of people who are in liturgical uh, church-minded uh, things uh, they are just caught up with what has to do with the earth but we begin to show people and begin to teach people what, what the bible really says and the Bible really does say this. When you when you go to the original uh, Greek word, uh, that when the most of the time when the word world W O R L D is used, it is talking about the universe because it uses the Greek word cosmos. So uh, we we've been talking, you know, too that that this thing of people getting to understand that because this revelation is now coming into focus uh, to the people through the Holy Manifest teachings, that uh, people are beginning to comprehend that they must also understand as they get into this universal revelation of things, that uh, it is also involved in star time, like in Genesis 1.14, where it, where it says, let there be lights for seasons, days, and years. Let the inhabitants of the earth know the heavens do, do rule. And that's in Daniel 4.26, and the first part I read to you was in Genesis 1.14. So there are, there are so many things to cover, and uh, you're going to be able to see in this uh, a solution of riddles uh, of, of the Akava, uh, how that the method of going back uh, into time uh, by going into parts of the Bible that are that are subject matter that um, 
uh, are now made um, much more uh, charismatic, much more dynamic, much more applicable uh, to many different subjects because now we are approaching the Bible and the subject matter from a universal approach and not just from approach that has to do about what is the history of things happened on earth. This is very, very important. So let there be lights for seasons, days, and years. Uh, it tells us that these stars, you know, are more than just being a, a hot ball of gas. They, ha they have a designated purpose, and they serve as, as clocks. And so when we are uh, revealed into the, the longevity of those stars, uh, some of these stars, we're talking billions of years, like the, the, the sun is estimated, our sun, to have a life of, uh, of 10 billion years. It has already used up at least 4 billion or more of those, uh, but it's a long, long time yet that the sun has for hanging around and shining. And so as we begin to get into that uh, understanding uh, of, the, um, of, of the longevity thing of star time, then it's, uh, it also becomes applicable uh, to, to humans. Uh, you cannot just look at the 70 average years of life that we are equated to having uh, because we have to understand that, that, the, that the longer lengths of time, which was really at least a thousand years or more that was, was originally planned for humankind, have been lost due to gross errors and sins and misconduct. And so uh, the, the way that that is made up, of course, is re-engenerating not reincarnation because reincarnation uh, is, a, is a doctrine that includes uh, you know um, transmigration <coughs> which teaches you know you can come back in a bug or a rat or a donkey or whatever we do not teach that uh, we are teaching regeneration which which is a uh, oh there are dozens of scriptures for it and is a beautiful beautiful doctrine uh, and and if you're interested in that get on my blogs listen to some of the other radio broadcasts uh, search for it you'll find some interesting teachings on it now um when uh, in Daniel four twenty six, when uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, uh, you know, he, um, uh, he he displeased God with some of the things that he did, and uh, so then he ended up losing his mind for for uh, 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 quite a while, until seven times passed over him. Of course, historically, we also know that um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar introduced. Uh, this lead paint, and it was very bright colors, which he painted the insides of the walls uh, of some of his hanging gardens, and uh, and he was exposed to a lot of that lead, which that wasn't the greatest thing for his mentality. Uh, but you know, uh, he could have uh, uh, been uh, delivered from that had not he uh, allowed himself to be disobedient and and uh, basically against uh, you know worshiping. God is God being the Almighty uh, God. So um, uh, those are all interesting things because they do to connect. They connect to a long uh, uh, broadcasted uh, uh, insight uh, of things that um, 
become deeper and deeper and more and more interesting as they become opened. Now, there are many things in the Bible that, uh, you know, are, are lost. Like one of the really interesting uh, books is the Book of Wars, W-A-R-S. And that has been lost. And then uh, the Baruch, the Baruch uh, scroll uh, of Jerem- that Jeremiah wrote, uh, that uh, uh, Baruch uh, uh, penned, uh, was uh, destroyed by by a servant of one of the kings, and um, that was lost. Uh, so there are so many many things. But uh, as a uh, Telesthesian prophet. Uh, which is a a prophet uh, that is um, uh, of the nature that it is set aside from being just the regular prophet. It is a seer, S-E-E-R, seer prophet. And a seer prophet can look forward in time, can do, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of of explanations, uh, exhortations, uh, but can also look backwards in time, and um, uh, I uh, uh, I believe that uh, when the time is right, uh, I will, uh, as a Telesthesian prophet, uh, be able to go and look into the Lost Book of Wars and begin to to tell some of the stories that were written there. I'll be able to go uh, into those burnt and destroyed uh, scroll sheets. Uh, of Jeremiah and be able to, to tell the things that were written there. Um, and I'll be able to go into the dark dawn of Satan's seat of government and, and look at his plans and his plots and be able to reveal them into the, into, uh, unto, uh, people of God. And, uh, this is the great and powerful thing of uh, of prophecy when it is moving uh, in its a hundredfold level. So, um, you know, God wants us to move in the gifts of God, and these gifts of God are given to us uh, for the perfection of the saints, and we must not ever sell that short or. Uh, put that behind us because uh, we are not limited when it comes to information because information is never lost. Information remains as uh, energy dots. And so as a telesthesian prophet, you know, I can go back into those energy dots and, and that information is not lost and I, I can restore it and then I can begin to tell what it was. And so um, if, um, you know, God will give me uh, the time to live, uh, to be able to do as much as can be do that that could be done, pardon me, uh, then I think it it will be an awesome adventure. Uh, I I believe that uh, you know uh, there's many many things that can can be said. There's many many things that can be written, and the Bible says if all the things were written that should should be written, that the world would not even be able to comprehend it. Uh, so I can see the importance of the work that God has ahead of us. So <clears throat> we, we know that this uh, thing of the scroll <clears throat> has permanence because we can see in at least a half a dozen places when God created the universe that he stretched out the heavens. And, and, uh, and we see that um, the idea of stretching them out was because that when he closed the last universe, it was rolled up as a scroll. And so 
when the end of it being the end, or the end of it being a closed universe, comes, then he stretches it out and rolls out the scroll again. But the information is never lost. It is always there and can always be accessed uh, by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we understand then that there is formed a crystalline lattice network uh, that is uh, made available uh, you know, for God's people to be able to get involved in that n network. As we begin to teach and ha have uh, have people to better understand this thing about the ministry of the universe, uh, we remember in Matthew 4, 8, uh, Satan shows Jesus the kingdoms of not the earth, that too, but the kingdoms of the universe. Because the uh, Greek uh, Strong's word for that was found in 2889 is cosmos. So Satan showed uh, Jesus the kingdoms of the universe. And, and uh, why was that important? Why did that need to be sh uh, shown when, you know, the earth was the subject at the time? Well, the earth wasn't the subject at the time. The earth wa was a part of the universe, uh, but it, but it, was incorporated in to the whole idea that God was the creator of all the universe and of everything that was. And, and, and all of the things that were happening in the universe were things that uh, were ultimately uh, to be revealed to God's people. We also uh, understood in Matthew 5.14 that when the Bible says you are the light of the world, that it actually is saying you are the light of the universe. Again, number 2889, the word cosmos, the Greek word, is the word used there. Uh, we also understand in Matthew uh, 20, 20 um, uh, or pardon me, in Matthew uh, uh, 26 15 or no 2613 uh, that we were to preach unto the whole world again uh, the Greek word 2889 cosmos so this we have been repeating we have been accentuating we have been just pounding away at this uh, you know because uh, this whole world gospel is a, is a is a universal gospel, and uh, God wants us to uh, have knowledge of it and to be aware of it. Okay. Now, last week we introduced uh, the uh, subject about the curiosity uh, lander. Uh, sometimes those are called explorers or scouts, um, but this is called the rover, which which means a scout or an explorer, and uh, and they named it curiosity. Now this one that just landed on Mars is the fourth, the fourth surface rover uh, mission in 16 years. So so it's not like this is the first time they have been on uh, Mars with a rover, but this particular rover is not anything at all in comparison to the other three, uh, you know, missions and rovers that had been landed on Mars. Now, there have been 92 space missions of various kinds to Mars. Some of them have just been flyovers. Some of them have uh, put... Um, uh, you know, uh, rockets in orbit to take continuous pictures uh, around the uh, perimeter 
of Mars, uh, and etc. and so forth. Uh, the U.S., the United States has had a 70% success rate. Russia has had an 11% success rate. Russia has sent up almost the same number of, um, of missions to Mars, but they have most of them failed. And uh, Britain, Japan, and Europe have barely gotten into the race with some of their activity, but they don't really figure uh, on the scale of uh, of the United States and uh, Russia. But uh, the 70% uh, success uh, is just awesome, and especially when you add to that the success of this latest uh, uh, rover that uh, was landed. Uh, the the rover, let's talk about that rover just a little bit, because this is such an important subject, this thing about Mars. And you're going to see scriptures that's going to almost knock you off your feet and how that they are brought about. Um, the rover, Curiosity, is an atomic plutonium-powered vehicle. This is the first. There's not ever been anything like this ever put on any of the, uh, uh, you know, any of the other missions, uh, and uh, or or uh, the moon, uh, etc. Uh, like uh, comparison, um, this uh, uh, atomic plutonium-powered vehicle weighs ap approximately a ton, and is the size of a car, approximately 11 feet long. Now, Curiosity is loaded with detection equipment, including a laser, a laser that can shoot out about 26 feet uh, for its target. Uh, Curiosity is um, uh, not only loaded, but, uh, you know, it, it has jobs to do. And its main job is to discover if there are any signs of there having uh, uh, been life on the planet or any signs of present life, be they even, uh, you know, uh, germs uh, or, or very low-level types of life, or uh, to discover what the potential for life, a support of elements would be, like water, oxygen, and carbon. Uh, interestingly, uh, one, of, one of, of the Mars rovers took a rare overhead uh, picture of an object moving through the Martian sky in a, that uh, as it streaked across the sky, and uh, they've never figured out what that was. But there are some people that believe that it, moving at that rate of speed, uh, they didn't feel like it it, it was anything less than a UFO. But there are other things it could have been. But that I thought was an interesting uh, uh, happening. So. Um, what else is, is there? Well, uh, we know that Mars is, uh, uh, you know, about 54.6 million uh, kilometers, uh, a 214-day journey from Earth when it is at its closest uh, point of, of uh, contact with the Earth or closest point of location to the Earth. Uh, the recent rover trek cost the u.s over two and a half billion dollars 
But if you collectively add all of the money that has been going on, uh, you know, with all of the 92 missions, there's a whole lot more uh, that is uh, amateurized than just the, the $2.5 billion. So uh, I think that's interesting to know that this is not any minor thing. Now, the rover, Curiosity, landed on Mars uh, in uh, uh, the Gale Crater, uh, which is a gigantic crater. And uh, the purpose was to examine rocks laid down uh, over great spans of time, of the, you know, of the long, long ago, a time when uh, uh, liquid water uh, uh, is expected to have abounded on the surface of Mars. It, it, it is a time, folks, it is a time of searching the heavens and searching for the substance of creation. In Europe, there is uh, CERN, capital C, capital E, capital R, capital N, the science group with the world's largest atomic um, atom smasher. And uh, in uh, you know, the states, there's, there's a SETI, uh, uh, and it's vibrant with its latest antennae searching uh, programs for uh, finding alien signals from afar. Uh, by 2018, they plan to have the James Webb Space Telescope uh, operating, which would be able to detect oxygen on an alien planet, and uh, this will uh, cooperate uh, with the world's astronomers who are fastened on their search for exoplanets that uh, they are now discovering that there's a, there has been found over a thousand other kinds of planets uh, in the universe in our you know uh, in our world. So Mars is the closest planet to Earth. As it reflects light from the sun, it looks in space as a star. And that's why sometimes, anciently, uh, Mars has been described as a star because it reflects sunlight. And then when you look at it from the Earth, it looks just like one of the other stars. It, by the way, shines at a magnitude of 1.2 and... Uh, that's why, you know, it looks as bright as it does. Uh, now, get a, I hope you're interested in this little bit of information before I really get into the deep of the sub subject. Uh, I think it's interesting. You know, Mars is the home to the highest known mountain in our solar system. That means all the other planets, everything else in our solar system, including Earth, that Mars has the highest known mountain in the solar system. And um, in its uh, elements uh, that make up the surface of, of the planet, uh, there is a tremendous amount of oxide. Uh, oxide is made out of two iron atoms and three oxygen atoms. And uh, consequently, uh, that is one of the things that makes the uh, Mars planet look red. Uh, Mars is a planet also with two moons. And uh, just like on the Earth where you only, when you look at the moon, you, you don't see the back side of it. You just see the same side facing the Earth. Uh, these moons are the same way uh, uh, that are 
outside of Mars. When you look from Mars at those moons, you just see, you know, the the same face face, uh, and uh, that I think is is interesting. I all those things are are very imp interesting. Now that said highest mountain uh, is called Olympus Mons. Olympus Mons, that's uh, O L M P U S, capital M O N S, and uh, it is the highest mountain on Mars, being 78,000 feet high. If that same mountain was located on the Earth and in the state of New Mexico, it would cover the entirety of New Mexico. That's how high and how wide it is. Mar Mars has a system of canyons, rift valleys, ridges, hills, plains. Why am I telling you this? Well, I want to tell you this because I'm going to be describing some things uh, received uh, by the Holy Spirit about uh, Mars and about a certain kind of geo uh, geographical uh, aspect of it. And... Uh, I want you to sort of hear what is, you know, pretty much known about its geography, because I think that's that is all interesting. Now, um, Mars has these occasional huge dust storms, which can blanket out the whole planet sometimes for months. It surmised that five uh, that five million years ago, that Mars, uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, sea of ice was liquid. So Mars is one also of the seven classical planets. That doesn't mean there's not more planets than that, but there are seven classical planets uh, after which the days on Earth uh, for the week are named. So, you know, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, those are uh, all named after planets. And, um, uh, <clears throat> for instance, uh, Saturday is named after Saturn. Now, Mars is one of the seven classical planets, and it was named after Tuesday. Now, this is very, very important to keep in mind, because Tuesday then becomes an identification for the planet Mars. Because that is the the name anciently assigned to Mars, and 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 it's one of the days of the week. And I'm going to show you if I get around to it here today, uh, a ancient connection uh, to that Tuesday, and and when we find that ancient connection, we know that that it is connected to Mars, and uh, that tells us quite a little bit. So Mars is called the red planet. Uh, due to its uh, red colored uh, tint, uh, which is due to the oxide on the planet. Ancient names, uh, or pardon me, ancient nations have each had their own language name for Mars. Um, the Babylonians, the Chaldeans, the name they chose was Nergal, 
I'll be getting into the meaning of that because that is very interesting. And that is um, a name that is uh, a name of Mars, which can be found in Second Chronicles of the Bible. And um, so the name, the name Mars is in the Bible under its, um, you know, uh, uh, foreign name of, uh, of the Babylonian Chaldee uh, expression. Then there's the Hebrew name, Ma'adim. Uh, there is the Akkadian name, Shalbaktoni. There is the uh, Sumerian name, Samud. There is the uh, Egyptian name, Hamakes. And there is the, um, the old English name for Tuesday, Tau. And, uh, and that's T-I-U. So keep this in mind because there's different, uh, you know, that's just one of the spellings. There's several spellings uh, that go along with that age. But that's, uh, you know, uh, one of the, the spellings uh, for the Tuesday name. Uh, that is a Mars uh, representative name. Now, and this thing about life on Mars, that's very important to know about. Mars is capable, of, uh, they have discovered, of producing uh, organic carbon. That is a real plus for life. Mars, nevertheless, receives only approximately one half of the sunlight that the Earth does. There's other names that are given in the Bible. Uh, the Vulgate Bible, uh, you know, um, uh, has different names. Uh, uh, Kizel uh, is rendered in the Vulgate, uh, and, um, and uh, that is for like Orion. And uh, there is uh, Kaima uh, as Arcturus. There's... Uh, uh, also, um, um, uh, some people have used that as uh, uh, for the for the Pleiades, uh, the Kaima name. <coughs> Kizel has been used for Orion, and an Ash uh, for the Hades, uh, and uh, Mazoroth for Venus, as well as sometimes the Zodiac, and and the Enhadre. Uh, for uh, the chambers of the south, uh, Canopus for the southern cross, and Centauri for some of the other names. Uh, the thing of it is, in Genesis 1-1, God said he made the heaven. He made the heavens. And the heavens include the planets. And they include all the other asterisms that are in the universe. We also know that Hebrews 11.3, the worlds were framed by the word of God. And, uh, and uh, we also know that, that the substance that made them in Hebrews 11.1 1 was faith. So those are just things that you know, we should know. Uh, getting back to this thing on, on the Mars name, uh, Nergal, N-E-R-G-A-L. I slightly mentioned this last week. And how that that uh, the the 
the name uh, Gal that is in there, which is, this is Amara's name, uh, does tie in very deeply to the Gilgal or Galgal, uh, which is described in uh, the first and tenth chapters of Ezekiel, which mean wheel. And we find uh, some discussion of that that can be looked up. And uh, if you get into Strong's Hebrew Concordance, you can look up number 153. This is in the Hebrew. And you can look up uh, uh, in the Hebrew number 1535. So uh, it's very, very important to understand that this Nergal name is both um, Babylonish or Babylonian and uh it is it is also considered Chaldean or Chaldean. So now we have us the proof that uh, in Second Kings, chapter seventeen, verse thirty, the word Nergal, which means Mars, is in the Bible. So the name Mars is in the Bible. Now, when you're dealing with a codex, that is. Hebrew or, or Chaldean uh, uh, or, or Greek or Aramaic, uh, you are dealing with, um, you know, foreign words. So if you were to look at those, at the Bibles, all these things would be foreign words if you are an English person. And uh, uh, so in the transliterations in which uh, some of these words have been carried forward from other uh, foreign names. Uh, they have maintained, uh, uh, you know, at least uh, a first or second instant of one of those names. Uh, understand that um, when you start getting back into the Hebrew and these different languages, uh, sometimes um, <clears throat> I know that uh, in in the uh, certain books of the Hebrew, uh, there are as many as 70 different uh, definitions of, of one word. 70 possible dictionary, dictionary definitions of one word. And that is just amazing uh, to begin to realize that the interpretation can be so different because with the 70 different possible interpretations uh, that can be made, you really have to render it uh, based for sure on the contextuality of its of its use, and uh, so as we uh, we get in this thing about Gilgal, and and we understand that part of it has to do with meaning something like a whirlwind, and and this has to do with uh, you know the spinning of 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 it as a uh, as a vehicle, and so that is all extremely extremely very, uh, very interesting. Now, what I've got for going into are four major uh, scripture teachings. I don't know that I can possibly get those all done today, uh, but we'll take it as, as far as we can. But uh, I, I don't, I don't know that, that we can, we can get those all done. But I'll be uh, teaching from Numbers I'll be teaching the um, really interesting uh, meaning of uh, when the children of Israel were crossing over, um, uh, in, they were nearing 
the land of the giants. And in between and on their way, they were running into these serpents and they were being bitten and some of them were dying. And, uh, and we'll be talking about this, uh, this pole that, that was made and how that there's a message in there that is astounding. Uh, uh, this is an even deeper revelation on that subject than some of the other interpretations that I have shown you. Then there's a real deep revelation in Jeremiah. Uh, there's two really deep revelations in Ezekiel uh, about the wheels and about images. And um, then there's a revelation about the flaming sword in the Garden of, of Eden and how all this ties in to some of these unusual uh, things which are the subjects that we are going to be revealing and talking to you about. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> uh, we're going to start uh, with with uh, <clears throat> one of those subjects, which is uh, about Nimrod. And um, remember that after the flood, that after the flood, that uh, it was not long before we had the birth of Nimrod. And Nimrod uh, was the grandson of Ham. And Ham was a son of Noah. So there was a lot of oral exchange of information that was revealed uh, during those times that people knew about. Uh, they knew about... Uh, some of these angels that flew in the sky and uh and that were above the ark when all the uh the people the eight people of the ark got inside and the angels closed the doors and uh you know and uh, they hovered above the ark and they closed the doors of the ark so that it would be sealed for when uh, it would be uh subjected to the flood and uh, we know that also that in Genesis 11.1, 1, it talks about the Tower of Babel and how that the whole earth was of, uh, was of one language. And uh, <clears throat> we, we, we know that there is a whole lot of things along that line. We're going to talk about um, eventually Bilgeba, uh, uh and depending on the pronunciation, there's more than one, uh, Beelzeba, uh, uh, who is translated by some to, to mean the, the Lord of Flies. Uh, we translate it the Lord of Flyers. The Lord of Flyers. And we connect it to the scripture in the New Testament that speaks about uh, Satan being the prince of the air. So when you get this thing of the prince of the air, you know, this flying prince, and you connect that uh, to the Beelzeba, uh, then then it makes a lot more sense, uh, and it has proper scripture commentary uh, 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 provided uh, to understand it to be the Lord of the Flyers, uh, people that fly, uh, persons that fly, like like a spacecraft and and uh so uh we're going to you know get into a lot of very interesting things there but remember now this thing of uh of um of 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 the revelation that has to do 
with the time uh, that that uh, the flood was passed. The the flood was passed, and and uh, there were uh, uh, people that that uh, like Nimrod, who was the offspring of um, like Noah's own uh, son, and uh, they had access to information that uh, you know nobody else would have later because some of those things would be forgotten. But they had access to information, really unusual information. Uh, that some of that information did pass on, and later we find it in other books, you know, like Ezekiel and Jeremiah, and and various other books of the Bible. Uh, but it is very interesting to know that some of these uh, bits of information are described, um, and information is given of those people that are worshiping uh deities that are that are not you know of god and uh and some people might say well why do we want to get into those those deities well why does the bible want to get into it and there's a lot about those deities in the bible and there are a lot of stories and and it's because there are many mysterious things that are not known uh, and, and, and they are, have not understood how that those deities actually are, are, are being represented uh, of Satan. And to be able to know these things is important. Uh, if we were just stuck on earth uh, in, in looking at the subject of earth and the history of earth, uh, we'd, it'd be very limiting to, to think about going to some of those other stories, uh, which have to do with, um, worshiping the sun god and, and have to do with worshiping, uh, you know, uh, planets and stars. But now that we have moved into the universal mind, with this universal understanding that you are the light of the universe and that that Jesus has caused us has called us to go out into uh, uh, our minds uh, into the universe and and uh, to to minister to to the universe and um, uh, the scripture that I I just keep constantly. Uh, you know, repeating uh, is from Isaiah fifty-one, sixteen. I have put my words in thy mouth. I have covered thee in the shadow of mine hand, that I may plant the heavens, and lay the foundations of the earth, and say unto Zion, Thou art my people. So the important connection here with that scripture uh, is the beginning of a fulfillment uh, that that. Uh, you know, we're going to we're going to uh, have a situation of of a first uh, time actuality in which uh, there's a possibility of uh, terraforming forming, uh, the planet um, um, Mars and making it into a livable habitat and people from the Earth uh, living there and and uh, and starting a a new uh, world nation on planet Mars. Um, they plan to have uh, a uh, a human um, presence on Mars. Mars from the United States. They plan to to send astronauts uh, in the in the year uh, two thousand thirty. 
So in the year 2030, uh, uh, that's roughly 18 years from now, I would only be 92 years old. And I should be able to watch that experience of them uh, through televised uh, presentations, uh, landing on Mars, and, and uh, the, the beginning of fulfilling these things I have been preaching, which I know that some people just thought, oh, that's just insane, that's never going to happen. But it is going to happen. And of course, you're going to have some idiots that are going to come around saying, oh, they never did land on the moon. Well, you don't tell that to me. Because before anyone was ever even thinking about landing on the moon, the Lord gave me a prophecy that, that they would land on the moon and there would be a race between the United States and Russia and, and the United States would win the, the race and they would land on the, the, the moon, this uh, 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 lunar uh, module called the Eagle. And all of those things came to to a hundred percent to pass. So when these people go out there and say this never happened, uh, you know, I know that that you belong to the liar club and the ignorant club. And uh, so don't don't come around to try to get on my back, be, because uh, I'll buck you off. Amen. You know, I'm a, I, I'm I, I'm into this, and I'm not planning on having anybody plague my back or or plague my mind with all a whole bunch of of scooped up garbage junk that is false because I know by the Holy Spirit. So somebody can't come around and begin to tell me by the flesh what is or is not when I know by the Holy Spirit what really is. And I'm, I'm out here ministering and preaching this word as a telesthesian prophet and if you think that you have heard some far out things, you are just beginning to see this holy manifest get opened up and, and, and what has been revealed 50 years ago begin to be uh, uh, made known and manifested to the people. And, you know, is it, is it the plan of God? Well, how many times have I read to you in chapter 3 of Ephesians where it says, uh, you know, um, uh, to, to um, preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable, the unsearchable uh, riches of Christ. It means there's no end to it. And, and verse 9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery? There's a, there's a mystery and there's a fellowship to it. And God is putting together that fellowship beginning, you know, uh, just in this present time. And, and, uh, and it says, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. This is a universal revelation to the intent Verse 10, to the intent that now unto principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. If you've got any questions whether or not these extremely exotic, far out, uh, incredible uh, uh, revelations that are astounding revelations are, are to even be known by the church, then uh, Develop the art of swallowing and swallow this 10th verse here uh, of Ephesians 3 that tells us that it is the plan of God for the church world to know these revelations. And, and it's about the principalities and the powers. It's about the, the hidden things. It's about the mysteries of God. Uh, these are the things that God wants us to know right now. He wants the church to know. And, and, and he has sent his angel uh, to reveal to the church 
you know, uh, that Jesus Christ is the root and the offspring. And the revelation of that key of David is such an incredible revelation that when it's really preached and really known, it gets us into this longevity of time. It gets us into star time. It gets us into these universal revelations, some of which, if I have the opportunity of time here, I will be ministering to you, you know, a, a goodly uh, part of it today. So, so it's, it's just exciting. And, and, and so when the Bible says in Matthew 13, 47, the kingdom of heaven is like a net, and we are into this revelation uh, of, of the Latolution, and we're into this revelation of the crystalline lattice, and how that there is a, a information connectedness, uh, and, and, and that this connectedness uh, is revealed uh, by the Soundtron, Psalms uh, chapter 19, uh, which, which is, is the line, and Romans 10, uh, which is the sound that goes out into all the universe, and there is no place in the universe, in the heavens, that this word has not gone. There is no place. And, and now the, these things are being opened up. Uh, these things, you know, are being re revisited because it is the time. And Jesus said, I say to you that greater works than these that I have done you will do. He was not speaking about, you know, his raising of the dead, his healing of the blind, but he was talking about his, the main purpose for which he came when the, his flesh was made word. And and that that word was a light that that shone unto the whole world, and, and the Bible says that that the light shone in darkness, and the darkness was not able to comprehend the word. And so now God is moving in in a new and living uh, word through Jesus Christ by the Holy Ghost, uh, because He says, "Except I go away." Except I go away, I cannot send you the comforter. But when I go away, I will send you the comforter, and he will lead you, and he will guide you into all truth. And so these things are 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 uh, absolutely essential, and they're absolutely in, important. So in uh, Genesis 11.1, 1, as we said, uh, they began to build the Tower of Babel. Nimrod was uh, number one involved in that, and uh, and the whole earth at that time spoke of one language. And one of the things that um, is said is that um, the people were still afraid of a flood, and and Nimrod said, "Look, let me take you up into the heavens. Let let me. We will build a building so strong, as so high." that no flood will be able to wash it away. We, we will build a, a building so high that we'll be right up there where, where the gods are. And, and you'll be able to, to get on that building <clears throat> and be a, above any, any flood that would come. Uh, uh, you know, this man, Nimrod, who the Bible says was a really great hunter, uh, although uh, tradition says that he had a son, uh, and this son was a, was a we'll we'll tell about that. But he he became like a a god that people worshipped. But he died when he was around forty years old. He went out hunting, and um, during the time he was hunting, uh, he he got. Uh, 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 killed by by uh, one of these uh, wild um, uh, uh, pigs. 
and uh, and he was he was he was killed, and left left uh, Earth at an early uh, age, but then his spirit accordingly ascended, and he became you know a god. We'll we'll get into that. And we'll tell this story uh, as we take this whole thing, uh, you know, this whole thing further. Uh, that uh, is all part of this message. Now, uh, let's. Let's talk about uh, Nimrod. Uh, he he was uh, mighty with uh, the idea of uh, being involved in strongholds, and uh, part of uh, that idea of strongholds was the Tower of Babel, and um, he was the the grandson of um, of Noah, and uh, he started his kingdom in Babylon. Now, Nimrod lived just after the flood of Noah and was aware, as I said earlier, of much of the oral information. Uh, Nimrod, as I also said, held God responsible for the flood and the people it killed. And so, basically, Nimrod became anti-God. And uh, uh, he connected with Satan through his father, um, whose name in the Bible is described as Cush, but, but as the Bible explains it, um, many times you'll find where uh, a, a person has three or four or five names. And uh, two of the other names that, uh, that his father Cush had was Bel, B-E-L, and, and uh, uh, you know, the, the, um, the, the, other, the, other, the other name that... Uh, I want you, you know, to really get down that he that his father's name was was Baal, uh, B A A L or B A E L, which is the what it originally was. It had the name E L in it, uh, and as a lot of those uh, uh, deity uh, personalities analogies and and uh, people and nations had the name E L. Uh, written in them, which was you know later used as a sacred name, but the word El means Lord, so the name uh, Baal or Baal uh, means Lord, and uh, he he was into worshiping the sun as the sun being God, and of course uh, this religion of worshiping the sun was right up the alley of Satan who uh, revealed to those people that that was who he was. He, 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 he was the son. The Bible tells us that Satan, even at this time, can turn himself into an angel of light. And uh, so he can preach and minister and have people believe that he is a light. And he can reveal things in such a way that, that they believe it. As you will see in in other scriptures, uh, I hope to get into as we get up the road on this, and so get get a get a hold of this because this is uh, it's pretty important. We got Nimrod, grandson of Ham. Ham, of course, was one of the sons of Noah. That uh, you know, one of the three sons that was he was disobedient, and he did some things that. Uh, that uh, brought uh, chastisement on him from his father. So um, he um, had a situation which um, 
the manifest tells us that some of these sons they married uh you know women that had had uh, certain genetic connections uh to to um know about the soulless people not to genetically have the soullessness uh, in them, because that wouldn't have uh, worked for having children or been allowed, but they but but they had connections, uh, you know, with that kind of an idea, and and uh, they brought some of that uh, information over after the flood. Um, okay, so now we've got Nimrod, son of of Baal. Uh, grandson, grandson, I get this, grandson of Ham, and then he is married to Ishtar, I-S-H-T-A-R, but the other name for it is Astarte. Astarte, if you take and you break that word apart, A-S-T-A-R-T-E, you take A and separate it, you've got A, then you take S-T-A-R, and you've got A star, and then you separate the T-E, and that gives us the abbreviation for the name as used by these people here for Tuesday. So that directly connects this woman, the wife of Nimrod, with Mars. And this is a very, very important connection. And, and, and uh, um, now, you know, these people die, they pass on, but then their name lives on as, as entities that have ascended and become gods. And she was known as the Queen of Heaven. And this thing with, with uh, Baal, or Baal, uh, B-A-E-L, uh, meaning Lord, uh, spread over the Phoenician world, it spread over the Babylonian world, <coughs> it spread into Israel. There were a lot of the people of Israel that really got in to the the worship of, of, of Baal. And, uh, and you can see, uh, you know, uh, wars between... Uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the people of God uh, and like Elijah, Elisha and, 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 uh, and the people of God uh, against these prophets that were taken over uh, a lot of the authority in Israel. And, uh, and it was very, very popular. It was a big thing. Uh, that's why you've got to know about this because you, you can't, you can't know some of these things about the planet Mars if you just stay on the Earth subject. Because Earth, the, the, the Mars is not a part of, of, uh, of, of the Earth except it as it is collectively a part of the solar system. But if you want to know how it touches divine things, how it touches pro prophetic things, then you've got to be able to spread into everything that is a part of the information of the universe, including these things that happened with people who were offspring of some divine persons. And, and that's why it's so important to be brought into this understanding on a universal way. Because the, these things uh, reach out beyond the earth. 
and they reach out to the solar system and they reach out into other stars people were wor worshiped other stars they worshiped they, they worshiped orion they worshiped the pleiades uh, you know, and and so uh, you you've got you got to know what's going on. All right, now we've got we got the father of uh, you know of Nimrod, a Cush, but whose other other na name actually is Bel, and 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 uh, and B E L, Bel and Baal, and uh, or ba Baal. Uh, depending on the use of the word, how you use it. And then we've got uh, Nimrod married to this Astarte, as I'm going to pronounce it to make the point of the, of the breaking it down between a star and, 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 and Mars. You know, the, the, the T-E for, for Mars, Tuesday. And then they have a, uh, they have a, a son. And and they named him Tammuz, T-A-M-M-O, listen to this, T-A-M-M-U-Z, or U-Z, T-A-M-M-U-Z. Um, and uh, he, he um, is the one that dies at a fairly young age, uh, in, his early, in his 40, but he was a pretty powerful entity, and uh, and then he, uh, he became uh, a part of a story of ascending and becoming uh, a, a deity, and and so people began to worship him, and uh, and we will we will go to scriptures to show how that people were worshiping this Tammuz, and uh, that 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 he he was a sun god, so we got. We got Nimrod, who's into worship of the sun. We got his father, uh, actually even claiming himself to 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 be a representative of the of the of the sun, uh, a god. And and we got him married to to this, um, you know, uh, th this woman who becomes a uh, representative of the queen, the the queen of heaven. Uh, now, are you are you beginning? to see something here are you beginning to get part of the the story and and this is totally pleasing to the to to satan who claims to be the sun god and who also claims to be you know the prince of of the air and and the the lord of flyers uh, under the name of of uh, beelzebub and he's got that first part of the name b-e-l which is the same name that is also one of the names of cush which is B-E-L or also uh, Baal or Baal. And so those are all important connections. And we've got, we've got a whole family, a whole family that is big into this thing of, of the worship of God. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, it starts out sort of like a, you know, a Phoenician thing uh, 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 from a, Chaldean root, Babylonian root, uh, but it it uh, it progresses, and as they these people pass on in life, then uh, this whole story begins to to move in in directions that uh, are just <laughs> abs abs absolutely amazing, you know. Now, planets are mentioned in the Bible. Then I, I hope that you're getting that story. We'll get back here to to uh, you know. Uh, this um, story that I'm telling you 
you know, in just a little bit um, on the um, <coughs> Babylonian uh, story and, and all, all these these things that are so important for you to know. But let's just, uh, let's just uh, digress a little bit before we get back to Nimrod, okay? And uh, let's just, uh, let's just uh, uh, talk about this. Um, planets are mentioned in the Bible, okay? They are mentioned in the Bible. And that is important uh, for you to know that. Now, um, first King, second Kings, pardon me, second Kings 23, five speaks about the Kings of Judah. Now we've moved forward in time and this, this story of the family of Nimrod. And it's very important that in the name of Nim and, uh, is a, 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 another part of his name, Rod. Now I have ministered on that thing about the rod because uh, we're going to show you at some point that this thing about the rod, there is quite a story because the rod can also mean staff. And we're going to show you that, that it can also mean sword. So we, we want to show you that there actually was uh, found uh, in, in the ancient time of Egypt a rod uh, that was a staff. They called it a staff. And it, they, it was made like the teraphim uh, rods and staffs were, in which at the uh, top of it, they, they allowed for there to be a little uh, chunk of wood that they could make uh, a, um, a, a, a cutting of, their, uh, of, the, of the father who was like the head of the family. And uh, so we, we had these representations of those kind of, of uh, teraphims. Uh, it was at one time considered to be a divine thing, but then later it depreciated uh, into representing other things. And uh, we're going to show that, uh, there, 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 that in uh, uh, Genesis uh, there were two cherubim uh, that w were chosen uh, with their swords uh, to um, to guard the tree of life, but also there with his sword, and it makes a distinction between the cherubims, the cherubims and the sword was was Lucifer Satan uh, with his sword, and in as I started to say, they found uh, this staff that you know could change into a sword it could change into a serpent and uh and it had a, a dinosaur uh not like the regular dinosaurs but something between a dinosaur and sort of bird serpent like head uh that was on top of this uh staff and uh and it was called uh, a was a was and this uh staff uh, I've seen pictures of it, um, was an incredible thing that's very, very ancient. And it goes back to the lost, uh, to the lost rod of Nimrod, the lost rod of, of, of Satan, the lost sword uh, of Satan of the Garden of Eden. And we want to uh, tell how that, uh, uh, how that for a period of time there is a connectedness to the to the planet mars uh we've told you in the past how that when the flood came 
that Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And we showed that, that this comparison to the, the, the modern rapture that would come, that it said was going to be like what it was before, was, was something that happened just before the flood. Eight people were saved by water, but many, many of the people of the offspring uh, of, uh, uh, of Enoch were saved by the air. Well, whenever you open a door, and this is the law of flow, this is the law of wave, the up and the down, the up wave, the down wave, uh, the, the, the peak and the trough, when you open up the door to save the, the uh, righteous people, you also open up the door for the forces dark to save the people that are not righteous. And that's exactly what did happen. So uh, Lucifer Satan took uh, a large group of these uh, Nephilim and it took them uh, first to Mars. And uh, there is a huge, just, un just incredible underground uh, uh, place uh, that was provided as a place to live uh, and uh, which insulated them against the weather there and and uh, provided uh, different uh, things that uh, uh, made it possible for them them to be there on that planet um, and they would have stayed there uh, probably until this day had not the orders been given for for the for the angels of God uh, to move them off of that planet and so there there was a a kind of war that went on there that forced them to move off that planet. And when they moved off of that planet, Mars, they had to end up going to one of the moons of Saturn where, where they still have uh, a, a living situation. Uh, they, believe me, they are very, uh, this idea of underground uh, is, is all part of, uh, of a satanic thing. Uh, just for instance, one of the, the orders that was given to uh, Moses uh, that, that he was to go into Bashan and he was to destroy the giants there. And, and they have, they had, um, uh, in Bashan at, 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 at Edrida, Ed, 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 um, um, they had, um, a, um, a huge, uh, underground and, uh, it, it this this underground that that uh, was there is still there today. It was a it's a city, and uh, uh, they did not think that they could be defeated. So instead of staying in the city underground where they would have been safe, uh, they decided to all come out and war with Israel, and then they were all defeated. And and those places are basically. Uh, empty there's hardly any human stand in most of those places where uh joshua and, and moses were involved in the defeat of those people so so uh, uh it, it there is uh and has been several connections of this underground type of thing uh which which satan has been involved in and we can talk a lot about that but i don't want to get into these kind of understandings where people are talking about you know, uh, discovering, uh, going down into the earth, into the hollows of the earth, and some of these uh, made-up stories. Uh, I'm not going to get into that, but there is a part of a story about about that that is very interesting. And it was on on Mars, and 
there was left there in this huge, huge underground cave, uh, this uh, by pure accident, but by pure uh, being under the pressure of the war uh, between the cherubim, seraphim, angels, and, and Lucifer's, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, demonized, uh, co-owned uh, cherubim, and, and, and the, the, Nepho- the Nephthalim, uh, there was, uh, you know, a rush to get out and get away, and that sword, that staff, the was staff of of Satan is still in that in that under chamber on Mars, and so one day, someday, that is going to be discovered, and people will know how true that this prophecy uh, and word of God is. Uh, but <laughs> I'm getting ahead of the story, and I don't want to do that because uh, you know it, it gets out in front of the scriptures. Uh, but um, understand. We're going to make sure that you've got the scriptures on a lot of these things, most of these things. Um, uh, you know, uh, when I when I do these teachings, there are scripture. And I can give scripture for almost everything that I ever say. Um, and and uh, I will, in the course of this series, uh, try to cover all those things and get the scriptures. If you feel there's anything I've missed, you can always write me. And uh, and and then I will I will get it on, okay. So now we've got uh, this this story that I read to you in in, in uh, Second Kings, and and uh, how that uh, you know there there's these um, high places in Judah where they worship unto ba- Baal, and uh, and they worship the sun and the moon and the planets and all the host of heaven. That's Second Kings. 23.5. And um, uh, as we begin to understand that these subjects with the planets are just, just not minor mode, uh, the planets, Venus and Saturn, are mentioned in the Bible. Uh, Saturn, Saturn is called in Amos 5.26 the star uh, Kawan, Kaiwan, and, and Venus is called the morning star. And, uh, and Saturn and Jupiter both have moons, which are said could possibly harbor life. Uh, so there is a lot of connection that is not just minor stuff, but is major, uh, you know, revelation, major knowledge that uh, is meant for us to know and to to understand because it's about subjects that are just absolutely astounding. Okay, so now we have... Um, uh, this this revelation and uh and we see how that uh uh the this this revelation uh, is involved with the worship of the sun and we we find a place in ezekiel uh eight uh fourteen uh where it talks about like twenty five persons between the porch and the altar with their backs toward the east and they worship the sun toward the east and these were elders of israel and so that this this doctrine of worshiping the sun has infiltrated now uh you might say well none of that's going on today well of course it is because because all of these things like worshiping the sun they they are like shadows and types and metaphors and and just for instance, like uh, 
an arrow shooting through the air can represent a bullet, and then a bullet can later represent uh, a rocket. And, and and we can see that that uh, there are these different levels of 30, 60, 100-fold application. And, and it's the same thing with this worship of the sun. There there uh, are other kinds of, of um, worship that that are are representative of that worship of the sun that people are into today, and uh, we will eventually get into that, uh, but probably not not uh, to this day. So now we've got we've got the the sun uh, uh, who who is into the uh, S O N as into the worship of the sun S U N and and people are worshiping uh worshiping him uh you know and uh, he's the uh he's uh, Tammuz the son of uh of of uh the queen of heaven and and of Nimrod uh and then there's the queen of heaven which is also you know being worshiped and Baal just being worshiped and all these things are are just they're all at one time all over uh major parts of the earth and uh you know it's 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 so important for people to not miss this and and to 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 not let this uh pass so um let's let's just look here then at um at at uh ezekiel eight and here is another example. Uh, and we're going to see how important that it it is. Uh, I have done some teaching on this chapter when I was doing the teaching of um, uh, the whisper of Satan. But there's a whole lot more in here than just would apply to the subject of of that whisper of Satan part. But it does it does hold up to that. Chapter eight of Ezekiel. You know, uh, verse two. Then I beheld, and lo, a likeness of as the appearance of fire, from the appearance of the loins downward. There's this angelic creature that has taken him by a lock of the head. I'm I'm just going through this to save time, and brings him to the to the visions of God, to Jerusalem, and to the door of the inner gate that looks toward the north. Uh, and and where the seat of the image of jealousy, which provoked to jealousy, and we're getting into this this uh, black dawn of 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 the uh, uh, seat, the seat of Satan, and uh, it it's uh, really amazing what 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 follows here. Um, okay, verse five. Then he said unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes. Uh, now uh, the way toward the north. And so I lifted up my eyes the way toward the north, and behold, northward at the gate, uh, uh, the altar, this image of jealousy. He said, Furthermore, son of man, seest thou what they do? Even this great abominations that the house of Israel committeth here, uh, that I should go far from my sanctuary, but turn to, to thee yet again, uh, and thou shalt see greater abominations. And he brought me to the door of the court, where I looked, and behold, a hole in the wall. Then he said, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. And he said unto me, Go in. And and he uh, brought me before the wicked abominations that they do here. Now, when you want to get into the truth of God, 
before you can even get to the door to open it. Sometimes you've got to dig through the wall. And who would expect that you have to dig, dig through a wall to get to a door? The unexpected is always part of the revelations of the mysteries of God. And, and that's what we're bringing the people to. We're digging through the, this wall and we're expanding uh, through the rock and the concrete to open up to the door. And then when you're to the door, after you've cleared out the, you know, the hole in the rock and lo large enough uh, to, to have the door open, then you open the door and you go in. So in the ninth verse, uh, the, the God said, go in. And, and he's re he is, uh, it's revealed to him the wicked abominations that are going on. So, so uh, why do we need to know some of these wicked abominations? Because they hold in uh, their uh, um, story uh, the story of things that God has done, the story of things that uh, that Satan, uh, Lucifer, Satan has done, and that other people that are collectively involved with both uh, uh, God and Satan have done, and and the only way you're going to get that information is by going in through uh, the, the the concrete hole, expanding it, and then going on in through the door and being able to see it for your own self and be able to interpret those images so you know what the message is. All right? So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping thing and abominable beast and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall around about. And there stood before them 70 men of the ancients of the house of Israel. In the midst of them stood uh, 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 Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan, Shaphan, and every man his censer in his hand, and a jazz, pardon me, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Then said he unto them, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark, every man in the chambers of his imaginary? For they say, The Lord seeth us not, the Lord hath forsaken the earth. And he said also unto me, Turn yet thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north, and behold, there was women weeping for Tammuz. Now this is this entity that was the son of the queen of heaven, Astarte, and, and Nimrod, and this was their son. Now we see that this abomination and this infection has reiterated itself all the way from the time of a, just after the, the flood to the very time of, of the days of Ezekiel. And, and, and it's, it's invaded the house of Israel and, and invaded the, the, the highest order of the, of the elders. This is not minor. And we've got to know, okay, well, what's the message? What's this about? Well, it's got things about the planets. It's got revelations about the universe. 
And it's meant for us to know. It's meant for us to know those stories because unless you know those stories, you can't even protect your religious philosophy, your religious ideas, your religious knowledge because you haven't got enough knowledge to spread out to cover you with a covering. And the Bible talks about a person going to bed with a covering that is too narrow to cover them. And God wants you to be able to cover yourself. Okay, let's go on. Wow. Seventy men of, uh, of the house of Israel involved in this. And you got these, these women weeping. Verse 15. Then said he unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again. Thou shalt see even greater abominations than these. He brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. Now, he's doing this all by visions. This is a kind of telesthesian vision in which he, by these visions, is actually seeing these things that are real. They're actually happening and have happened. But God is revealing it to him through this information that is energy dot available, just like the soundtron line that goes out through all the heavens, Psalms 19, and, 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 and becomes the soundtron uh, uh, the, the sound that every person has heard, Romans 10. Wow. Okay, verse, uh, verse uh, uh, 16. Because he said here, he said, you're going to see some greater abominations. Verse 16, and he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. The inner court of the Lord's house. This has, has, has perpetrated has infiltrated into the inner court of the Lord's house and behold. Now, God wants it to be beheld. At the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were five and twenty men with their backs toward the, the, the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east, and they worshipped the sun toward the east. This is what you got going on today. We've got people with their back toward the temple because they are ignorant of many of the things of, of the word of the Lord. And Paul once wrote and said, Brethren, I would not have you ignorant of the gifts of God. God does not want his people today to be ignorant of these revelations, of these astounding revelations of the universe. He does not want the people to be ignorant. People say, yeah, but it's just too hard to understand. You have a human brain that is more complicated than anything else, they, they say, than anything else. It has more complexity to it than anything else that exists that they know of in the universe. You wear that every day. You live with that every day. And the more that you get to understand that, the more you're going to be able to, to have an understanding of life, under, enjoy the, the salvation of your life, and, and, and enjoy the love of God in your life, the power of God in your life. And you have to 
get into these things by transaccumulation. You add a bit here, then another bit, then another bit, then another bit, until eventually you have kept adding all these pieces and bits, and the monument is then formed of completion. And when that happens, when that when that transaccumulation is complete, then you will understand all these things. God, by the Holy Spirit, will just open them up to your mind, and you'll understand them. But here we've come into this greater abomination, and it's the very worship of Satan himself as they turn their backs on the temple, and they are worshiping Satan. Now, I would have you to understand that there are people in the church worlds today that are worshiping Satan ignorantly by the methods of how they are thinking that they are worshiping God. And this revelation has got to be known to, to these people because it is, it is the method that Jesus Christ is going to use to set them free. That's why he had an angel go and pick up Ezekiel by a lock of his head and carry him, transport him through space and time to have him see this. Ezekiel was a, was a great prophet, a powerful man of God, but he didn't want him to be ignorant. He didn't want him to, to be in the, 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 the church with his back to the temple. He wanted him to know these things, just as God wants you to know these truths, wants you to understand these revelations. It's absolutely imperative. Wow. So, what this is telling us, just this one revelation here alone, is a very, very important thing. Now, while we're in Ezekiel, if you look at Ezekiel um, uh, chapter 1, and as, as we go through there, uh, you know, through, through, through this book, um, we find where, in, for instance, um, chapter 21, uh, pardon me, chapter 1, verse 21, it talks about at the bottom of this verse, for the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. And this word, in this case, is, um, the words in this case, for wheel, are, it means ophan, and that's in the singular. And then when you put it into the plural, it's ophanim. So this is, there is the story in here of the ophanim, the fallen angels. And there is the story in, the, in these, this chapter about the cherubim being involved with them in this wheel in the middle of a wheel. So you have the spirit wheel, the ophan. And then if we get over into the, the 10th chapter of Ezekiel, And we look at the, um, the 13th verse, 
As for the wheels, it was cried unto them in my hearing, O wheel. And the word here for wheel is not Ophan, but is Gelgal or Galgal. So now we see that this revelation of the very name of Mars, Nergal, has in it the name of the wheel. And this particular wheel is not the spirit wheel, but the, 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 what you call the flying saucer, the UFO wheel, which we call the Zith wheel. So now, by that very name, it connects what you call UFOs, what we call Ziths, these flying wheels, these whirlwind wheels, to Mars by the name Nergal. So in the Bible itself, we are having all the, the Tuesday connection. The, to you, the Tuesday meaning, which connects to Mars. The Gilgal, the Ner Gilgal, which connects to Mars. It's the name of Mars, but enfolds the revelation of both the 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 Ophan, the Ophanim, because the Ophanim are involved with the story of deliverance. And Satan is the opposer. So whatever he is doing, his trip to Mars, his trip to to uh, the moon of, of, of Saturn, is for the purpose of bringing back his Nephilim, as he already did once, and that's why when all the Nephilim, the, you know, the, the giants were destroyed, that all of a sudden you found them living again on the earth. They were brought back after the flood was over. And as you begin to get this revelation into your mind, you see why my Lord, my Lord and my God, the whole story is there. It includes the Nephilim. It includes the meaning of the giants. It includes Lucifer, Satan as the sun god. It includes the Gilgal, which, which as I said, can, includes the whole story because it's all in the context. If you put this in the context, in the 10th chapter, Gilgal, meaning this physical wheel, which is a, a, a spacecraft, is enmeshed and involved in the story of that whole tenth, tenth uh, chapter with 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 the Ophan wheel, because it's the wheel in the middle of the wheel, and so Mars is in this story is big, and we've got the story now by the very name that. This wheel has been on Mars. And we know by the very name that it's connected with this whole family of Nimrod who turned against God, blamed God for ha having the flood that kills all these people, and became a follower of Lucifer, became by their name various deities. 
this Mars thing is not minor. And someday, there are already people that are talking about, there are already people that are talking about volunteering for a one-way trip to Mars in which they would volunteer to go and live on Mars to do a genesis to it, to make it so that it could become a place where people could come and live. It's all part of the plan of God. It's all part of populating, as God said in, in Isaiah 51, 16. And in Mark, the 16th chapter, go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel. You've got to get people out there. They've got to have their bodies out there to preach the gospel out into the universe. Mars is involved. And why do I find it exciting that this land, lander, this rover has landed on Mars? Because I know what it really means. I know what it really means. I know the long story. Ladies and gentlemen, we will continue with this next week. And if I have time, I still have to get into the, the latticing of the universe, the black holes. May God bless you. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I reach out right now for those who are sick. By your Holy Spirit, just reach them and touch them and heal them this instant. And help these people to hear this word and for it to live in them and to understand it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.